0: Welcome to church. It's such a a, a privilege and honour to be with everybody today, and so glad you guys made it. And uh, we are concluding this series in one John. And has it been helpful to you? Hey, should uh, today's encouraged the past today? So. um, (laughs) So. You don't need, wait, 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 wait for it because this is no, this, this is where they cut. Uh, who, who's who's uh, watched or been in this every one John service or video? Somebody, okay. I think we should stretch our series to like three months. Every every week is the same message on rotation, but uh, what I know is that in this series, what I what I hope was be an encouragement to you is how you found that God is light that in a dark world, God brings light, that uh, God is love, and a world that is filled with hate and fighting, that God brings the warmth of love. And today, my message as we conclude this series is that God is life, that in a dying world, God brings life. And so uh, we're gonna turn straight away to John, 1 John, chapter five, and we're gonna look at verses 11 through 13. And this is what John writes. He says, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. This life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may know. 1 John chapter five, in fact, 1 John, the whole letter was written, so that you may know that you have life. Let's pray, Father, we commit ourselves to you today. Father, I thank you for amazing joy in your house and amazing praise and worship. God, I thank you for your presence here. I ask that you would minister to us and lead us today, God, and help us to see Jesus. Thank you for all that you have done for us. And we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Feel free to pray for me during the service because, yeah, this is going to be a good word. Amen. It's going to be an amazing preach. I've ran it through my mind so many times. I just can't stop amening myself. Amen. Amen. And we've got at least another two and a half hours before we can send you home. So life is good. God is good. Amen. So uh, I, I worked in this, uh, I, coming out of school, I uh, went to apprentice for a jeweler to see if I should get into jewelry making. It was actually pretty good, manufacturing jewelry. It was fantastic. Um, didn't have the hands for it, though. Couldn't quite, it was too nitty gritty for me, but I, but I loved the idea, and um, then I went into to try find something else. I studied a bit of marketing. Then I studied a bit of bookkeeping. And I eventually got a job at, um, at, a, at like a, a CA firm. Like, a, like they would do books, but it was an auditor, right? And I, I, what I knew about accounting was dangerous. It's amazing who people will employ if you're cheap enough, amen? And so, um, so I, saw, I became a, a bookkeeper. And this guy was, let's just say, I didn't know where I stood, which whenever, every day I came in, I didn't know which boss I was going to get that day. Anybody work for that boss? Okay, good. Anybody is that boss? Anybody too afraid to put your hand up because your boss is near? You know, I'd come in and and you just really didn't know what... You were walking into that day some of you have that kind of a marriage and stop it okay but you don't know what you're walking into that day and it would be up and it would be down and it would feel like i'd be walking on eggshells now i'm a young impressionable man in my late teens early 20s and I'm, i'm working in this job and and it was dirt it was like so cheap but that's fine i could it was my first job like you're not supposed to earn a lot of money for your first job right Everybody in their 20s is like, what are you talking about? When I, leave, when I leave college, it's supposed to be, no, 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 you're supposed, to, you're supposed to hold your car together with duct tape. That's how you know you're getting a proper education. But anyways, walking on an exercise, you wouldn't know what you were, what you, what you were gonna do. Is like, is he investing in me? Am I on a hit list? And so one day, the, the question was answered for me. He said, sat me down, he said, Swen. I want the new BMW 3 Series. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Well, you're a CA, you've got that's covered. It's like the only problem is I need a shared one salary. So who do you think should go, you or the other guy? I'm like, listen, the other guy's been skipping work. <laughs> I said, I have no idea, you make the decision. He says, well, I think it's gonna be you. And then, because I was so, like, stupid, like, honestly, so stupid, he made me sign something that said that he's letting me go because of poor performance. Because I'm like, he's not going to pay me. Um, stupid decision anyway. But, but you know, when, you, when you're in that environment and walking on eggshells, not sure about something, you're you never fully committed to it. You don't know if you're actually gonna make it. You, you, you're not sure, where is this person? Do they value, like, what is the environment that you're walking in and living in? It is so unstable. And my question to us today, as we look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, do you know that you have life in Jesus? Like, are you assured that you have a home in heaven? And I ask the question in this way because academically we would say, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. But if you would walk out of this building today and you would die for whatever reason, have you got confidence that when you open up your eyes again, that you will see Jesus in all of his majesty welcoming you into his eternal kingdom? Another way to ask it is this, is there anything that you have to do in life? Is there anything you have to add or take away from your life to be saved, to have assurance of your salvation? Because if we don't know the answer to these questions and if we're uncertain, we will actually walk around God like we're walking on eggshells. Have you ever had that experience? Where I, know, I know God loves me and I've given my, 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 put my faith and my hope and my trust in Him, but flip, if I mess up, I'm like extra nice. I come to church twice that week. I, I come in the service and I watch online. I make a mistake, I do something wrong, I, I sin against God and then I'm like, okay, flip, I've gotta, I've gotta be extra nice to my mom, this, this, like extra nice to my dad. I, I've, I've gotta read my, make sure that I read my Bible because if I read my Bible enough, God's going to go. You're back in the in the group. Has anybody ever experienced that, where well, you're not sure? I mean, you know God loves you. You're just not sure, like how saved you really are. Like, sweet, doesn't like doesn't it only like God know who will be saved? Yes, but you know whether you're saved or not. You do unless you're insecure about it and you're not sure, like if there's anything else I have to do to be saved. Like what, 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 what is this, how do I have eternal life? How can I have confidence in eternal life? If you're walking on eggshells with God, you could be tempted to give up in your walk with God. Flip. I'm always on this performance review with the King of the Universe, who sees everything, and here's my every thought. I just don't know. Like I've tried this this Christianity gig, and man, it's just not working out for me. I keep messing up. Or you go the other way. You go. You know what? I'm going to be this super Christian, and I'm going to like I'm going to make sure that God can't help but open the doors of heaven for me because I'm just. I'm like, I'm in church, I'm, I'm in the Word, I'm in prayer. I'm like, I'm praying for people who walk past me all the time. God, how am I doing? Am I doing good, God? Fantastic. Come on, you need Jesus, my friend. Come on, we all gonna, I'm just gonna pray. I'm gonna get on my knees and I'm not even gonna watch TV because the TV is evil. I might watch a little bit of TV. Just put a little bit of the, the Game of Thrones. You don't like the Game of Thrones? No? No, we don't, oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, you don't watch Game of Thrones, right? I haven't watched Game of Thrones just putting it out there. Oh flip, I messed up. Come on, okay. I gotta work harder, I've got to serve harder, I've got to be a better Christian, I've got to have a more dynamic, quiet time, I've got to make sure that I get revelation out of God's word every single time. I just gotta work harder at being saved. Because I want to make sure that when I get to heaven, there's enough credibility with God that He goes, Yeah, well done, you're finally good enough. You made it questioning it there around 35, I don't know, like. (laughs) Or maybe, just maybe, you hope that the gospel sticks. (laughs) Please, Jesus, (laughs) let the good news stick. But John writes this and he says, I want you to have assurance, I want you to know I want you to walk out here with confidence. You know, if I died right now, I will open my eyes again with Jesus and he's gonna say, well, well done. You made it. Do you think it's because of anything I've done? Absolutely not. And we see that God is life and we go like, it's hard to understand because we are alive. That's what we look like on the outside. But there's a difference to life and existence. We all exist, but we're not all alive. It's hard to see something dead because death is so final. It's so, so final, like it doesn't resonate with us because I firmly believe that when God spoke the world into being, He never intended for humanity to die. And so death is so foreign to us, it's so final to us because we weren't created to die. We were created to live eternally with God. But sin came into the world and wrecked that for us. And so death is so hard, it's so hard to imagine. So of course we are alive. When I think about our state in in this world, I think about zombies. You know why? Zombies freak me out. But you know why zombies? Because are they dead or are they alive? We don't know. And there's so many zombies walking out there spiritually. And so what does it say? Like, Swain, you can't tell me that I'm, I'm dead. No, but you know. You know what, God loves you so much. God created you for, for, for a loving relationship. I love it how in the Psalms it says that, you have knit me together, I think it's the Psalms, but it might not be. You've knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You saw every day of my life in advance. That God loves you, God created you, and He wants a relationship with you, but because of sin, that has been broken. And so just to give you a bit of context into that, sin is not doing what you think is bad. Sin is doing what God says is evil. We don't get to redefine sin. I love it in our in our modern culture, we're like, yeah, that's a sin, that's not a sin. The Bible goes on to say that even if you do what if you don't do what you think you should do, that's a sin. Anything you do outside of faith is a sin. Jesus says, you know what, you've, you've committed adultery if you just look at a person with lust in your eyes. Oh, my hat. We don't get to define sin. That was the problem in the garden. Adam and Eve wanted to define what sin looked like. They wanted to define what is right and what is wrong. But we don't get to define that. The creator doesn't get to tell the creator what the rules of the game are. We simply follow the rules and acknowledge the rules. And so sin is what God says is sin. I tell you what, sin is terrible. Feels good sometimes, but it's terrible. Because sin makes you not bad. Sin doesn't make you bad. Sin makes you dead. You see, when we think about sin, we go, we think about this. We think about the spectrum, we go, how good and how bad along the spectrum am I? Like, give me a rating of one to 10. And we go, you know what, I'm a good person. I'm better than Hitler. Right? Like, I didn't, like, kill dozens of people. All I did was jump on a website at 12 p.m. and check what was there. Didn't hurt anybody, didn't hurt anyone. I just, it was a little white lie. Come on. And we, we, we rate it, we scale it, and the, and the bad thing is we scale other people. And we go, oh, they're good and they're bad. But you know how God sees it? God doesn't go, you're good or you're bad or where in between you fall along. God sees it, you're either dead or you are alive. That's the the spectrum. Romans 3.23 says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can all breathe a sigh of relief. There's no like, Non-sinners in the house today. Welcome. Romans five twelve, Paul writes this He says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, being Adam and Eve, but Adam's referred to here, and death through sin, and in this way death come, came to all people because all sinned. Now, why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them you're a sinner, but not what sass, because you're a sinner too. You know what I mean, right? You know what I mean. It's like when, 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 when non-smokers get around smokers, they're like, I can't believe you take that bad habit. Ah, oh, oh. Yeah, your lungs aren't pure either. And just to layer it on a little bit thicker... Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. If it was only death after 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years, sin all you want. Don't repent. Don't, 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 live how you want to live. But the death that Paul and Scripture talks about is not like, okay, you're going to die and not know anything. He talks about an eternal death, a death of soul, a death of spirit, where you continue to die. It's not this place where you just close your eyes. It's a place where of eternal punishment, eternal dying, dying but never getting the relief of death. I mean, that's a heavy thing for us to. And so you can't like, I'm going to toss a coin. God, am I alive or not? (laughs) Oh, crap. Sorry. Am I alive or am I dead? Like we are not called to live life with that kind of, I don't know. Hey, hey, come know this Jesus who I love, who I serve, and you might most probably be saved. I love how he turns it, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. The gift of God is life, everlasting life, fruitful life, abundant life, incredible life, not existence, but life, eternal life. In my head, I thought that's the end of the message. We go home, everyone's praising God. How do we get that? 1 John 5 verse one, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. Born of God. Can you imagine that you were born of God? You know, John, he uses this, this language in his gospel as well where he talks about being born again. Like you've been born and now you're born again, born of God. And, and Jesus has this encounter, and John writes about it in John chapter three. And he meets this guy called Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee, he's a teacher in Israel, teaching the law, teaching the way of God to his people. And Nicodemus is having, having a like, struggle, wrestle with like, what is Jesus talking about? But if you go there with me, it says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. So we acknowledge that that you've come. We also acknowledge that you have done miracles, for no one could perform signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus said, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. I mean, talk about thinking out loud. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. We have to be born again and what he notes is is, is an incredible point for me to think about where john is writing you have to be born of god to be alive because you have no memory of before you were born if you do that's amazing (laughs) or is it i don't know but you have memory after you were born don't you you you're aware that you are alive today existing in the world. You are aware of it. Why? Because you've been born. Your eyes have been opened. All of us, spiritually, before we are born again, we are, we are existing, but our spirits, are, so we are dead eternally to God. Until the point comes where we, our eyes are open and we can finally see the kingdom of God in us and around us. I had this amazing person quote uh, a comment on my TikTok recently, and it was like, wow, people love Jesus around here. I got called out in big things. I'm like, but I'm like, it's because you can't see. And we're trying to argue with a the world that can't see. Don't argue with the world that can't see. Why don't you see and bring Jesus into the world? But that's not what we're here about. Flesh gives birth to flesh. You know what? Our man-made idea of God is never going to get us into the kingdom. And all throughout history, because of man's separation from God eternally, because of sin, what has happened? We've strived to get to God. We've built altars to worship God. We've created all sorts of systems in order to get to God. God, we're going to do this, and we're going to get good enough, God. Oh, mighty Zeus. Oh, Aphrodite, oh, I don't wanna name them all the others because this is gonna get hated on YouTube. But we've built internal ways that if we're just gonna live right, we're just gonna do right, we're gonna obey all the rules and we're gonna strive our way into heaven. But you cannot do that. People don't enter heaven by living a better life, but by being spiritually reborn. The good news is not for those who work hard. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. Life is not because we're awesome. We have life because Jesus kicked down death's door and broke free from the grave and brought life eternal into our world. And so when I look at that, all the effort was on His side, not mine. How much effort did you put into getting born? Very little. You just you outswam everyone else in your class. That's about your effort. The rest was your parents. The rest was God's plan. You might not have been born of your parents' plan, but you've always been born because of God's plan. You are no accident. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He sees you. He wants to eternally know you. And for you to eternally know Him, He has brought life, but not because you are good. I love it. I love it how we pray for people. We pray for people. God, you know all that they've done for you. God, would you bless them? God, you know how hard they work for you. Would you heal them? I think a better way to pray is God, you are good and you know them. We somehow think that if we could just work harder, be holier, give more money, serve longer, be more available, be burnt out on serving Jesus because that's the thing. But it's not that. How about we just learn to trust in the one who gives us life? This is what John is bringing. This is what all of the Gospels are bringing to us. Our team can come up. Is that it's not about working for the good news. It's good news because you and I had nothing to do with it in the first place. It's good news that is received. It's not good news that is earned. If you earn it, it means that that you are worthy of it. It's like when you get paid at the end of the month, you put in a shift to get that reward. There is is grace because grace is grace. So I want to pull this full circle and say, there is nothing that you have to add or take away from your life in order to be saved. I was wondering how I was going to preach this message today. I was thinking maybe a soft tone. The good news is good when you know that you're dead. And that out of no effort on your end, you get life that you don't deserve. I want that to ring in your soul right now. We do not serve a God who keeps you on a short leash that says, here's a treat if you do well. Come on. He doesn't entice you with works because life has swallowed up death completely. Life has swallowed up death completely. Jesus went to a tomb so that your soul could be set free and you could be born again. Born of God born out of God's desire for you in this world, born of the Spirit and not of the flesh, not by striving, not by working, but by trusting that when Jesus rose from the dead and said, it is finished, and He broke out of the grave to prove it, We don't want to prove anything to God. So how do you know, how do you know that you are saved today? How do you know that you are saved today? Full circle. God has given us eternal life, 1 John 5 verse 11 to 13. God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son, that whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know what that does to me? takes the big rucksack of burden and striving and and performance off my shoulders that allows me to be a child of God, that allows me to smile in the face of death. It allows me to have joy when actually things are not going well because I have what I don't deserve, everlasting life, and I have done nothing to earn it. My sin yesterday did not disqualify me My sin this morning does not disqualify me because I have been born of God. He is my King. He is my Saviour. I declare my hope is in Him. I declare that I am reborn because of His desire, not because of my effort. I am released from striving and working and pursuing. And what I can do is I can rest in the presence of my Saviour. I can rest in the presence of my King, of my Father, of my deliverer of my savior of my healer in jesus name what grave do you need to walk out of today because you can have confidence knowing that heaven is your home if jesus is your king heaven is your home Because God does not sell you a ticket for life. He is life. And He comes in you through the Holy Spirit to make you alive. Can I pray for us? Mighty God, I love you. And we thank you. Jesus, I think that there's no other thing today than gratitude. Wow. Life breaking through death. That in our dying world, You would bring life and freely given. My God, I thank You. I pray, God, that You would help us today to live fully alive. I pray, God, that we would break through the darkness, we would break through death, being led out by Jesus, alive in the Spirit of God. And God, we thank you today. We worship you today. We praise you today. Come on, church, if you believe that, would you begin to give God praise? Would you begin to give God worship? Would you begin to stand up? about being born again is that when you become alive to God the prophet Ezekiel says that God would put His Spirit in you and he says He would take your stony heart your stubborn heart your heart that's always striving and He would replace it with a tender heart that is given by God when you become alive to Him and in that He says you're gonna get new desires so it's not like The people of God have an excuse to do whatever they want. No, the people of God have been born again by the Spirit of God and have been given new desires and a new way to live. And we're called to live out that new life that Jesus has won for us, but we cannot earn it. And if you're here today and you are not 100% sure that you are alive to God, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to How do you become born again? How do you be alive to God? The Bible teaches that you believe in the Name of Jesus, that He is the Son of God who takes away your sin and will make you alive to God, that He was a historical person, that God on earth, the God man came, lived a perfect and sinless life, pointed us to God, showed us who the Father is and died as, an, as a criminal, even though He never sinned. So that God's wrath and judgment will be poured out over Him so that it wouldn't be poured out over you, a sinner far from God. We're all sinners. It's not about being good or bad, it's about being alive or dead. And God wants to make you alive today and restore a friendship with you and to have a relationship with you because He loves you. And so if you believe that, then He says you receive Him into your life. You say, God, I'm sorry, for my sins, please forgive me and make me alive. The Bible says, if you, if you pray that prayer and you repentance in your heart and you mean it, that He will make you alive. No questions asked. There is no sin too great that falls short of the grace of God. And there's no goodness too great that qualifies you. So if that's you today and you're not 100% sure, leave today with certainty and assurance that John is telling us, revealing to us that we can be saved. So with every eye closed and just head by, just to give people an opportunity to respond to the grace of God, the good news of Jesus Christ. That if you want to be forgiven of your sins, and be made right with God and start a journey today of everlasting life. I want on the count of three, you to raise your hands so that you can say, yep, that's, when that's me. That's me, yes, I need to be forgiven. I want life, I want certainty of salvation because certainly I can't work for it. I wanna receive it. Church, if you brought someone with you to church today, why don't you just begin to pray for them under your breath? So, if that's you on the count of three, hands high, I'll acknowledge it and we'll pray together. Is there anyone in the building today? One, two, three, where you're at, just raise your hand real high, real high, real high, real high, yes. Praise God, real high, like like you're unashamed, like you're grabbing onto life, like you're hitting a you're 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 drowning in an ocean and someone's just handed you a life raft. You reach out, you grab it, you take hold of it, you're not ashamed because it's the gospel that brings good news, that brings salvation. Amen. Is there anybody else today? Hands real high, real high, real high. I don't want to know if you're blowing your nose or if you're reaching out for salvation. Reach out. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God for every hand that has gone up. Come on, church, would you give praise to God for that? Okay, let's let's pray together, everyone together. And I want you to pray pray out with your, your voice, but also in your heart. As you make this declaration of reaching out to life. Dear God, I'm sorry for my sin. All my striving, all my effort doesn't get me anywhere. I need life and I believe You give life. I believe Jesus is the Son of God and will take away my sins. Come live in my heart, God change me, help me to follow You all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen, 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 Amen. Yeah, so good. One more thing, one more thing, one more thing. If that was you and you made a decision for Christ, we're gonna gonna continue to sing and worship for a, a short moment. But I'm gonna invite you to the front. You know what, sometimes you got to break free of the shackles of death. And you know what, I'm kick, I'm walking, I'm doing something because everything else hasn't worked. And this step is going to be that step that's going to help you to make a significant commitment. And there are people that we've got a team that want to pray with you in the front. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to just invite you up to come forward. Our team are going to walk out with you. So come on right now, right now, right now. Come on church, would you begin to just applaud them, welcome them to the front. takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of courage. Come on, let's worship God together, thank you Lord.